WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com. Dot com to start winning. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Today, you guys are seeing the title of the video. We're breaking down our second and third year players who we think have the potential to break out. We kind of done this a few times. Um, over the last few off seasons and we're bringing it back and we're going to bring up a few names here. Now we're not bringing up every name uh, that uh, from players who are second and third year guys. We're just talking about a few of them who we think could break out and have the potential to. And again, I, there might be a name or two in here from you guys that might trigger some people because you might think that they've already broken out, but just hear our explanation and then you'll kind of see where we're coming from. So Cody, let's just go ahead and hop into it here. Let's go ahead and go with the second year players going into this next year. And we'll start with the first one. And that was the 2021 first round draft pick for the Colts this last year. And that was Quiddy pay. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I thought Quiddy had a solid rookie season. I mean, PFF rated him as one of the best rookie pass rushers, defensive ends out there. But, I mean, you look at just from a pure number standpoint, and he only had four sacks, right? So you, you got to think that's going to go up, especially now with the new coaching staff. And, you know, we don't know who right now the defensive line coach is going to be, but you think they're going to get a teacher in there and hopefully can help develop him better than Brian Baker was able to. So I thought Quiddy had a solid rookie season. He had his ups. He had his downs. I don't think he was the best pass rusher of, as a rookie. So I think he can definitely grow in that area. And we knew he was an unfinished product when we did draft him. So, I mean, we said it there. You said it, Derek. You said people need to pump the brakes because some people were saying he's going to have eight to ten sacks. And we're just like, I don't know about that. You know, we kind of think it might be on the lower end to start, you know, just because it's so hard to let alone draft pass rushers. I mean, and even in like the late first round, it's even harder. So, yeah, I mean, I think Quiddy had a solid rookie season. He showed flashes for sure. Um, but I still think he's got a lot of room for growth. And I know we're going to talk about the next guy too. The same same deal here. But, yeah, I mean, I like Quiddy a lot. I think he has a potential to be a really good defensive end for the Colts for the next couple of years for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, I mean, he he's a guy with tremendous talent. I think his, his ceiling is huge. It's through the roof, man. And so... I like Quiddy quite a bit. I think he, he's a, definitely a part of what the Colts want to do in their future. And I'm excited to see how he continues to develop because I think he's, talent-wise, a very talented player. Yeah, and what gives me the impression that I think he'll break out is the fact that, you know, or later on in the year, you started to see Quiddy Pay do more things with getting pass rush, getting more consistent pass rush. You saw him making a few more plays as the year went on. And it would, it, that's what impresses me the most because it's like, you know, it's one thing to see him jump right off the screen, right off the bat. And then as the season goes on, you see him just disappear, right? That wasn't Quiddy Pay. When the Colts started getting those wins, you know, Quiddy Pay really started to become a more effective 
pass rusher. And of course, you know, I said it. We had to pump the brakes a little bit on the expectations for Quiddy at the start. Is an unfinished product. And, you know, he's a young guy. He's going to have to get used to playing left tackles and right tackles who are better than what the competition that he faced. And, you know, he had to deal with some injuries along the way, you know, and with the fact that, you know, he hasn't quite done everything that he could to get the moves where they might be in the future. The Colts coaching staff have said that they really liked his development throughout training camp and throughout everything else. I think that that's going to continue to happen under Gus Bradley and whoever else he wants to bring in a defensive line for the coach. And I think Gus Bradley does a good job of getting his defensive linemen involved in different schemes that help uh, get that sort of thing to happen. So ultimately, again, you know, do you see Quiddy Pay getting six, seven, eight sacks this year? Yeah, I think that I definitely could see a six, seven sack season for Quiddy Pay. That's going to be an improvement. He was already really good at getting a pass rush, even if it wasn't a sack, you know, getting that pressure. I want to see him continue to do that. And I think with another offseason uh, to work on his moves, I think that he is going to be a good guy. Mm-hmm. He's already a really stout run defender. Like, he's yeah. really good at that. So, yeah, I think he just got to develop that counter move. That's kind of been the big thing for Quiddy yeah. is, like, he just got to develop that a little bit more. So, you know, thinking he's going to with under Gus Bradley, I mean, he's he's gotten guys. You know, if you look kind of at Gus Bradley's resume, he's gotten some guys like Max Crosby, the most recent one, who really, I mean, credit, Max Crosby's a great player, but yeah. he's also gotten a lot out of those guys as well. So yeah. I think definitely the sky's the limit for him and the next guy we'll talk about here um, for this offensive line. And that's what this Colts team needs. You know, they need a guy or two that are going to really make the quarterback's life uh, not comfortable back there. Are you finally ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. The excitement of when Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on the action with your favorite teams and players from the NFL, MLB, NHL, Gold, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Right now at WinBet, you can find great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport. WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where play-through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, and we might as well go to the next one, and that was the next pick in the 2021 draft, and that was Dio Dangbo. Basically, we only saw him for half a season, Cody. He was only there for half a season because he was still dealing with an ACL injury. And, you know, we know it that sometimes, especially for guys at defensive end who have to get that get off and that ACL can sometimes hamper you at the start of your um, of the season because you're still trying to get used to the basically the momentum and the movement of everything again. You know, you're still trying to get that down. And, you know, it kind of hampered Dio a little bit uh, at that point. You know, thankfully he was able to make a few plays here and there for them when he could. 
you know, just ultimately, again, was a guy that was dealing with the injury. You know, he was far behind everybody because he had a half a seat over half a season where he wasn't able to practice with everyone and get that same experience as Quiddy Pay. So this next season, we'll see a lot more of what the Colts are hoping to see out of Dio Odangbo. And I mean, obviously not much to look on. So you would assume that any kind of playing time that Dio is going to get this season will help him to basically break out. Right. So I think that makes a lot of sense that Dio will have a, a season that will give us a better understanding of what kind of draft pick he was. Yeah, just to clarify, I believe it was an Achilles injury, not an ACL yeah, injury that he suffered. Because I remember it was similar to Eric Fisher's, and people were saying, well, why is Eric Fisher returning week two, and why is Dio not returning until midseason? And we talked about that, you know, different levels of you know recovery and stuff from the NFL to college. So just wanted to clarify there. But yeah, it's still a significant injury, obviously. But yeah, I mean, Dio's physically a lot more gifted than Quiddy Pay. Let's just be honest. Like he's one of one of the most physically gifted prospects in a long time. Yes. Um, but we all know that just because you're physically gifted doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate, you know, to being a great NFL player. Now, obviously, you know, Quiddy had a lot more preparation to going into this season, like he talked about. Then Dio, he had a full training camp. He had off the whole off season, you know, to kind of get into this Colts defensive scheme. And and Dio really didn't. I mean, he was there but he wasn't able to really get physically probably in shape the way he wanted to be, you know? So you got to wonder, number one, was he even in shape his rookie year as much right. as he wanted to be? Yeah. And number two, was he fully a hundred, hundred percent back from that injury? I mean, we don't, we don't know exactly, you know, we saw it hurt Eric Fisher at certain times. I um, mean, that's a lot more obvious, you know, than, than, than a defensive lineman, I think, because, you know, Obviously, it's one-on-one matchups and stuff like that. And if you allow a sack, it's a lot more obvious than if you just don't do a whole lot. So, right. yeah, I mean, I think fortunately for the Colts, he's very young. He seems like he's recovered well from it. And, you know, it's exciting because, you know, it kind of feels like you're giving Gus Bradley and this defensive staff two, like, molds of clay that are super talented. And they can just develop these guys the way that they want to. You got to wonder if that kind of was the Colts' thought process, you know, when they last year when they did draft these two guys are like, you know, we don't know how long Matt Eberflus and his staff's going to be around. So, you know, if slash when he gets a head coaching job, we're going to bring in our guy and he's going to mold these guys into those stud pass rushers that we want and need for them to be. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I think both these guys are extremely talented. And if you love the Colts and you, you want to see their defensive line get better, I mean, these two guys look no further. These two guys have so much talent and so much potential to really help cure this issue the Colts have had on their defensive line for far, far too long. And I'm excited to see what Gus Bradley does with these two guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'll go back to what I said uh, in the last offseason that I thought Dio was my favorite draft pick out of all of them, I'll be honest. I, and I still feel that way because, you know, the potential's still there. And, and the mystery of it all, you know, like, is he going to become, you know, the second coming to something like, you know, what Miles Garrett became for the Cleveland Browns, you know, just that physically gifted guy. I mean, and, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Tayo, when he was coming out of college, he was actually somewhat more physically gifted than Miles Garrett in a way. You know, Garrett's a little stronger than what Dio was, but Dio was longer and he was faster. And, you know, I mean, he's one of those guys that motor is, is top notch. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, like I said, again, the, the last season didn't get to see much. So the 
likelihood of him breaking out this year is, is very high. Go to another player here, and that would be Kylan Granson. Had him on the show a couple times. Uh, Kylan, uh, tight end at SMU. We've kind of been talking about the tight end situation, like what's going to happen with, you know, Moali Cox and with Jack Doyle. Are we going to even resign Moali Cox? Are we going to let Jack Doyle retire? And what's what's going to happen here? So, you know, Kylan has that potential situation to step into that role of what we kind of want the Colts to be looking for and being that uh, receiving tight end. And again, it's another one of those things where it's like, even for Kylan, I thought that his usage last year was criminally underrated in the passing game, which I don't know why, because I thought that, uh, you know, Kylan was supposed to be your number one receiving threat. I understand he was young and I understand that he had to learn some things, but even then I still thought that his usage in the pass game was still underwhelming. And We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, there were a lot of times that Kylan Granson made some good plays in the passing game and the few times that he did get the ball. So I don't know. I, I'm kind of thinking that Kylan won't break out this year because I think that the Colts are going to try to look to improve on that position a little more and try to bring in some other guys. And Kylan might still get tossed to the back a, a little bit still because he's still trying to develop. But again, you know, it, it, Kylan has the ability and, you know, he has the ability to potentially be a, a full starting tight end for this team. If the Colts are that committed to improving the pass game, they should use Kylan a little bit more often. I think so, too. It was weird. Like they just didn't use him for the first half of the season, it seemed like. But it seemed like when they threw it to him, he he would make some plays. You know, he made some he had a couple of string, a couple of games in a row where they threw him a pass in a critical moment, and he made a play. So I figure for a team that's really lacking in that department outside of Michael Pittman, they would have used him more um, at some point. But it was just a little shocking that they just did kind of went away from him for whatever reason. And uh, I would like to see him, his usage go up this year for sure. And honestly, I, I kind of look at it like if the Colts decide we trust Kylan, you know, we want to give him more of a role, and they elect to not go get another tight end or whatever – like I would honestly be okay with that rather than wide receiver because Kylan actually has some some potential I feel like whereas wide receiver outside of Pittman I'm not really like sold on anybody you know what I mean so um, I, I want to see him get more of a role this next season I really think he deserves it he worked his butt off and I thought that he when he was called upon he he played pretty well so 
Yeah, I want to see Kylan get more of an opportunity in this Colts offense in 2022. That's absolutely certain. Uh, let's go to the last of the second-year guys here, and we kind of threw uh, this guy in because we know that you know there's a lot of you uh, fans out there of this guy that were wondering why you know he never got to play uh, this last year, and that is Michael Strawn. Again, Cody, this one's a mystery just because we saw in training camp, I mean, Strawn was maybe the best wide receiver in all of training camp when we saw the body of work. But again, you know, when it came to him being one of the last guys on the depth chart, you know, I mean, he wasn't going to get a ton of playing time unless he went on the special teams and he didn't want to do that. And ultimately he was a healthy scratch for practically the entire year, except for a few games. So, you know, it's one of those things we've said, like, you know, the Colts might have to move on from some guys this year. And do you think that he could be one of those guys that, you know, works on his skills again this offseason, makes that more, bigger leap again? And you wonder if, you know, he gets a spot on this roster going forward. Uh, I think he has the potential to. It's just a matter of where his head's at. Yeah, and it's a matter of how does it translate to the NFL level because everybody was hyping him up, you know, in the in the preseason and stuff. He was playing well, but also he wasn't playing against starters necessarily, you know, the whole time. So you got to wonder how much of that do you think about. And he got a little bit of run early in the season, and then for whatever reason, he just kind of was inactive, didn't really do a whole lot, wasn't really shown the field for whatever reason. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's tough for me because – He's obviously physically gifted. He's obviously got a lot of those physical tools. But, I mean, the reason I think why he didn't play and kind of from what I understand is the fact that, I mean, the dude didn't play the year before either. You know, he didn't play because of COVID. So he would have been out of football for over a year at that point, and he still had to learn a lot of things. Now, the talent is there. The, the physical talent is there. But you got to wonder, this guy's a seventh-round pick, right? Like, how much is that going to actually translate to the NFL level, you know, seventh round picks are such crap shoots sometimes. Like, you know, you can get really good players and then you can also get players that, I mean, how many times have the Colts drafted guys in the fifth, sixth, seventh round that just haven't panned out, you know, they're physically gifted, but they just don't pan out for whatever reason. So, I mean, for me, I'm kind of just like, you know, I think he has a good chance to make the roster. I don't know if he's really going to make much of an impact if I'm being completely honest, because I mean, this dude is still very raw, very yeah. raw. Absolutely. I agree with you. All right. Let's move to the third year guys. Uh, well, we got one more guy here. We forgot oh, to yeah. mention that wasn't a draft pick. Deion Jackson. I just wanted to touch on him. Um, I think that he has a potential to do something because Marlon Mack's going to be gone. I don't know if he'll be active, but I think he'll probably be our number three running back. Um, but I don't know how much he's going to actually impact the game, but I think he has a good chance as well, but he yeah. was an undrafted guy. That's why we mm -hmm. had him on, on, uh, we had him on the back part of our list, which is which is why we missed him there. So right, right. Wanted to say that guy. All right, so third year guys here, uh, and this one is the one that I kind of was saying, like some of you might think that you know we're stretching with this guy, uh, and that's Julian Blackman. Now, again, what we saw his rookie year, it was it was a great stepping stone. Like the guy came off of a. Uh, a really bad injury in the bowl game that he suffered uh, in December of, you know, I think it was of 2019 and then, you know, didn't get to play throughout the whole off season, you know, and then came in that second week of the season and everyone was amazed that he was even back during that time, but then just came in and 
took the Colts defense by storm, man. I mean, he he was one of the most dynamic defensive players. If it wasn't for Chase Young having just a phenomenal season, I mean, Julian Blackman might have possibly been defensive rookie of the year that year had Chase Young not done what he did. So, you know, I mean, Julian Blackman, even though, you know, he was injured and, you know, was kind of out of football shape because he really didn't get a chance to be in that kind of shape when he first came in. He, he really did a fantastic job. And then obviously this year was supposed to take that big leap, got hurt again and had to miss over half the season. So we're going to see what he is going to be made of for this next year. But I think that this guy will break out because again, going into that third year, I thought this last season, he was already taking those good steps to be a more efficient guy in coverage. And I think he's it, it, the experience thing for him is just what he needs. He's got everything physically that you want, and he's got that ball hockey mentality. I think that ultimately it's just going to be more of learning the defensive scheme. And who knows what's going to happen with, uh, with Gus Bradley and how they affect him there. I know that uh, I've heard the secondary coach for – the Raiders might be might be potentially coming with him. Uh, we'll see how that affects him as well. I mean, they've they've had a good relationship with that, and they've developed some good talent uh, with those schemes. Julian Blackman, I think, is going to I think is going to break out even more than what we saw his rookie year. I think so too. Um, I and yeah, I mean, the guy that they're bringing, I think his last name is Milis, yeah. whatever, however you pronounce it. He's a very he's probably one of the best DBs coaches in the league. I mean, he's coached guys that are phenomenal players. He's coached guys like Eric Weddle, like Jason Verrett, uh, like Derwin James, Casey Hayward, just to name a few. So he's got a really good resume, and I think he's just gonna do great for these all these DBs. I think they're gonna all take a step in the right direction. So yeah, I mean, I fully expect Julian Blackman, if he can stay healthy, he's gonna be a guy that's gonna break out this year. I really believe he's going to. All right, let's go to the next one here, and that is Danny Pinter, the fifth-round pick out of Ball State. Now, the reason we kind of have this one, and if you've been listening to the podcast at all over the last few weeks, you know that Cody and I have mentioned several times about the Colts potentially trading one of their offensive linemen in replacement for Danny Pinter. And we've seen Danny Pinter play this year. You know, we saw him this year take over for Ryan Kelly, who was out for several weeks this season for personal reasons and for COVID as well. And Danny Pinter rose to the occasion, you know, and when Ballard stated, you know, Danny Pinter was one of his favorite picks of that draft because he said, we're debating moving up into the fourth round to go and get this guy because I was afraid that we were going to lose him. And sure enough, Danny Pinter shown you you know, the versatility of a guy like him, he can play on the outside, he can play on the inside. Heck, he can be a receiver for you if you want to. We saw that a little bit this year. So, you know, you see a versatile guy in Danny Pinter, and you think from the praise that he has gotten from Ballard and this uh and this upper management and everything they've tried to do to get him involved, I think it's to a point where you start saying, Danny Pinter might be a starter for this team going forward. I truly believe it. And I think that that's going to result in him breaking out and being one of those guys because we're seeing it. We're seeing him get better. We're seeing him get more play time. And we're seeing him rise to the occasion amongst these great offensive linemen that are currently on this roster right now. I think it's Danny Pinter's time. 
I mean, I do too. I, I feel like, you know, he's reached the point of his level of play where you can feel confident and comfortable moving one of your offensive linemen, which is crazy to say. I would not have even, like, I thought if you would have said that to me last year, I would have thought you're crazy. But, like, that just speaks to how well Danny Pinter has been playing. You're right. I mean, I think he definitely deserves more consideration as a starter somewhere. I, I really do. I know some people I've talked about, you know, maybe, you, you know, you know, the, I know there's been the debate like Lewinsky or Chris Reed. Some people have said, don't bring either of them back. Have Danny Pinter be your right guard. Like, he's played so well. I think he almost deserves a starting spot. Kind of like how when Chris Reed started filling in for Glowinski or for Quentin Nelson, I should say, and people were saying he's too good. You can't keep him off the field. And then you started to see him get a little bit more snaps at right guard when Quentin Nelson came back. I mean, the same is true with Danny Penter. He's played so well for the Colts in spot duty that I think if he gets the opportunity to be a full-time starter, he's going to be a really good one. Absolutely. I, I'm very excited to see if Penter gets that starting role at some point because you know he's going to be the cheaper option. He's a guy with not much downside, and you really like what you've got in him. Uh, let's go to the guy who was drafted right after him, and that is cornerback Isaiah Rogers, six-round pick from UMass. Uh, we were talking about it right before the show, Cody, talking about you know looking back on that pick now, and you're starting to see the risk of that pick versus the reward you're getting now is actually tremendous given the fact that he's a six-round corner, right? We're talking about it, and we're saying – how does a guy that runs a 4-3 be able to slip this far down despite anything? You know, just having that speed the way Isaiah Rodgers is. And you're seeing it now. You're seeing Isaiah Rodgers has really dialed in at the corner position and is using those uh, physical traits that he has to full advantage. Uh, you certainly hope to a point that as he develops and you hope that the Colts are able to get a secondary guy that can come in and help develop him that way. And from what it sounds like Milas might be coming in, it sounds like he might be the guy to help with Isaiah Rogers at that point. It's one of those things where Isaiah Rogers, if he develops in the cornerback position, then with that physical attributes, I mean, it, it makes total sense that Isaiah Rogers is a big, big breakout guy this year. Yeah, and people will argue and say, well, he already broke out last year. Well, he still was splitting time with Xavier Rhodes, right? He still wasn't necessarily a starter, you know? So I think now with Xavier Rhodes presumably gone, uh, this is Isaiah Rogers' time to be a full-time starter. It's his finally his time now after two seasons to be the guy at corner. And I think physically, he's got everything you're looking for. Obviously, he's got the speed. He's got the ball skills. He can do just about everything for you. So, yeah, Isaiah Rogers is the guy that I love. Um, I cannot believe. Um, it's crazy. It's kind of funny. Like, Ballard traded. If you remember, that was a Quincy Wilson trade. He traded Quincy Wilson for that pick. And then he went and got a corner. That's exactly what Quincy Wilson wasn't. You know, a, exactly. a guy that, like, is actually consistent. And a guy that's, like, you know, is very, very uh, underrated. And Quincy Wilson was just almost the complete opposite of that. He was, you know, a high round pick and he just never worked out. He was always up and down. And Isaiah Rogers has just made us completely forget about Quincy Wilson. And that's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Isaiah Rogers doesn't care about uh, covering grass. He cares about <laughs> covering everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember. Exactly. Uh, all right. Last guy here that we'll talk about. And this guy was a undrafted free agent. 
uh, third-year player, and that is Rodrigo Blankenship, uh, Hot Rod. So everyone's still been having a debate, you know, on whether or not the Colts, you know, stretched on giving Blankenship uh, the key when it came to this position. Um, you know, there's still a lot of questions about whether or not Blankenship can be consistent enough to be that guy, you know, and everybody's still kind of questioning his uh, leg strength, which I find very odd. But either way, um, you know, Blankenship been dealing with injuries, obviously, this last year. Uh, first year had a good year, but wasn't quite up to the standard that you want an NFL kicker to be at. Uh, I think this could be the year that Blankenship says, you know, it's time that I take this a little bit more serious and it's time that I, you know, take over this position and show the Colts why uh, they took a chance on me. And I think that this could be the year Hot Rod finally gets his mojo back. Yeah, I mean, he was playing very well before that injury in the Baltimore game. But, yeah, it's so weird, man. Like, we talk all the time about the quarterback carousel the Colts have had over the last couple of years. But one that we don't really talk about is the kicking carousel the Colts have had over the last couple of years as well. It's been kind of rough, man, with you know, with Vinatieri dropping off the way he did, with Chase McLaughlin, with you know, Rodrigo Blankenship, with you know, and there's so many other guys as well that were in the mix for that. So it's about time to just figure out your kicking positions. You know, you figured out every other position on your special teams. It's time to figure out what in the world are we going to do about our kicker? You know, like let's stop having this be a, a discussion in the off season, every single off season. Right. Let's figure it out, man. Let's just figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for those ones, guys. We didn't mention Michael Pittman or Jonathan Taylor because obviously they broke out this year. Um, and a couple other guys that we didn't mention just cause you know, they might have broken out as well. So we don't need to worry about that. Um, and if anyone, if anyone's going to comment about Sam Ellinger, don't, all right, I'm just saying <laughs> don't, okay. Don't Ooh. waste your time. Don't waste another 10 seconds, 15, 20 seconds, however long it takes you to make that comment. Don't make the comment. It's not worth your time. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let us know if there's anyone that you thought we missed. Uh, is there anyone else that you thought uh, is going to break out that we didn't mention or did mention, but don't think they will? Uh, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Again, thank you guys so much for the continued support. Hope you enjoyed. And as always, go Colts.